Episode 8 of the Compound Podcast, coming to you live from the Compound. We have a great episode for you today. We had Pat Connaughton join the Compound, former two-way star from Notre Dame, played baseball and and basketball, now uh, playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, dominating the East, and he just competed in the 2020 dunk contest in Chicago during the All-Star weekend. Um, I don't know, two-sport athlete. Is that good? I'd say that's pretty good. I, I think that means you're pretty good at sports. Yeah. I mean, maybe slightly athletic. Um, I mean, Zach probably could have, but he chose the baseball route. Um, yeah. Like Grossbert just didn't. Just yeah. Didn't yeah. yeah still waiting for that Pippen Grossbert. Um, we're going to do worst and best MVP uh, before the interview. So let's start. Dakota, worst and best. Um, The worst part of my day today was probably that the back was a little sore. So I wasn't really able to do too many athletics today. Uh, still got my workout in the morning, but then didn't really play any tennis or golf today, which stunk. Don't worry. We'll get the PT in here. We'll get you figured out. Yeah, you know, we'll find a way to get it back. I'm a grinder. Um, the best part of my day was the Lions drafting my guy DeAndre Swift. Fired up about it. You've been locked. On locked in on the draft. Lions are ready to go next year. 2021 Super Bowl champs. Heard here first. Let's go. Come on. Oh boy. Detroit versus everybody. Nico, what do you got? The worst part of my day has been a bad part of the last couple of days. And a struggle I think a lot of you out there are sharing is just a lack of haircut Oof. in my life. Uh, Zach refuses to cut it. Yeah, I was trying to get Zach to, to line me up, give his best effort the other day. but I take way too much pride in haircuts, and yeah. I just can't afford to mess yours up. He's scared. Mm-hmm. So. Playing with fear. Yep. Trying not playing. The best part of my day... Is actually the the chirping of the birds outside. I really appreciate the birds at the compound. <laughs> I almost just spit up my water. <laughs> it's is... something that I, I think about often, actually, and it's just today I really appreciate. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna be completely fair with you. When I read by the pool, yeah. I actually love when the birds are chirping and the waterfall things going out there. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's very serenity. Serene. Serene. Is serene. Is serene. Yeah, good word. Yeah. yeah. I knew that word. Yeah. That was, was an SAT word. Uh, quick question. When you're out there and you're eating breakfast or you're reading and the birds are chirping, are your shoes on or off? You're wearing socks? <laughs> you're wearing no socks? Probably no shoes. No shoes, yeah. no socks. Be one with the earth. Probably. One yeah. with the earth. Okay. Maybe Birkenstocks. <laughs> I cannot read with that much noise going on. Birds chirping? My mind would be everywhere. There's oh, pills for that. <laughs> Zach, uh, worst and best. The worst part of my day had to be not stepping on the tennis court after losing in doubles yesterday with Nico. How many times did you guys lose? It was twice. That was twice. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to get back on the court? I couldn't. Yeah, that was the worst oh, part was not getting sorry. back on the part or on the court. Yeah. And just, I mean, it was very uncharacteristic. Um, best part of my day was the job that Joe Douglas has been doing behind – the scenes for the New York Jets in their draft. As you say that in your in your Jets sweatshirt. Uh-huh. Completely Gotham City. Football club, look it up. Ian, what do you got? Uh, Not a football guy, so Ian, yours won't be about football. No. Uh, my worst was 
I, I went to get coffee this morning and came back. Everything was fine. I was having a great day. I went to take some recycling out to the recycling bin before the trash man came. And my car was still on from four hours before that. That's tough. So leaving the car on uh, idle for that long, it was locked. So I must, I got out, must have thought I turned it off. I locked it at least, but it was still the, on. I'm surprised the car lets you lock it if it's still running. Yeah. From the outside. I, I wish it would have like, wish it would have yelled at me and said like, hey, idiot, I'm still A on. horn should have started going or yeah. something. That's weird. Uh, best part of my day was I made mushrooms for the first time. Uh, portobello mushrooms, sauteed them up. They were fantastic. I tried to get Zach and Nico to, or Zach and uh, Dakota to try them. They both said no. Nico wasn't there yet, so Nico didn't get any mushrooms. A mushroom to me, the texture is like a gigantic booger. It's super <laughs> slimy and squishy, and I just want nothing to do with it. I, 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 I love that, mushrooms. Yeah, I think it's. I think the texture arguing is fair. I won't. Especially, I wouldn't have them plain. No, I can mix Ugh. them in somewhere. So like, I you don't sneak them. them into something yeah, where so I like, don't, don't even them. know they're there. Yeah. Sure. But I don't, I don't want that texture on my tongue. Yeah. Uh, all right. MVP. This is an interesting day with the MVP. We have arguments for both, for all three actually, but the, the strongest two arguments are Zach and Dakota. Can you got, Who emptied the dishwasher? I emptied one. Zach and Nico split the other one. Okay. Weird brag. We have two dishwashers. <laughs> who brought the trash cans back in? Zach brought two of the ones that had trash. I brought the two that were recycling. So another push. Uh, anybody take any garbage out today? Zach did. I also took recycling out today. I took pizza boxes and water bottles out. Pizza boxes, the they weren't ours though. Pizza, no. No, it was Ian's. Them. I don't eat pizza. It's terrible for my body. I don't put that in my tongue. <laughs> uh, this is the, did anybody cook or do dishes after the meal today? Dakota I, uh, I grilled the brats and I also cleaned the pan after using it. But? This is why I'm pushing the MVP is because Dakota had to call Zach because he couldn't turn the grill off. No, not turn the grill okay. off. But I went to Nico for that, and he didn't, he actually figured it out. Zach did nothing to help us. I was on the tee box. A, yeah, but B. I said you turn the burner on and you press ignite. Nico had actually already done that. We just didn't know if there was like a trick to keep it lit because like I don't know if the wind or the low propane. No, it doesn't. Like the fire off. doesn't stay there like right away. You just have to close it and let it. Yeah, that's what threw us off. It's a dead but push because I could not possibly give the MVP to someone who could not turn a grill on. How old are you? Coming from the guy that makes rice that tastes like paper. Head chef. The head chef yeah. could turn the grill on, that's for sure. I'm okay with a push. Let's take it. I respect the push. Let's take it to the Pat Connacht interview. Um, he, he was awesome coming on. Uh, we played together on the Cape. Um, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy hearing a two-sport athlete who's now excelling in basketball. I wanted to start by talking about the first time that we faced each other. And that was – yeah, do you remember that? I do. Who was the other kid on your team that was good? Not as good as you, but was good um, at the time. (laughs) Justin Glass, maybe? Yeah. He batted right before you or right after you? Yeah, yeah. Both of you, or at least you were lefty. Both of you were batting lefty versus me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you hit me in the elbow. I think it, you pitched Saturday, right? Yeah, Saturday. So you were the Saturday starter. You hit me in the elbow with ninety-five, and I couldn't, I couldn't throw for the rest of the weekend. I thought my arm was going to fall off. <laughs> well, I didn't do it on purpose. First of all, 
I often used uh, a little bit of that uh, wildly effective model where if if I was throwing it hard, but it was going somewhere, then uh, it scared people enough to to get some outs. Well, I I couldn't throw for the rest of the weekend. So I was playing second and I was basically underhanding it to first. And then I wore on Sunday, I wore the Barry Bonds elbow guard because if I got hit again, it was it was it. I was done. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't. Wow. You hit a bomb that, that weekend, though. Off Fitz. Yeah, off Fitz. Sean Fitzgerald. Yeah, Sean Fitzgerald, yeah. And he, he was on our team. He was on our team on the Cape, too. He was. He was. He had a he, he was a pretty good pitcher. He was, he was good. Yeah, and then we played together on the Cape for a couple weeks. You, you just yeah. made once, once two starts on the Cape, I think? Uh, I made – it was either two or three. Um, but, yeah, I was there quick. You, it was uh, – it's actually kind of funny. I was – uh, I was out of there after like three weeks, four weeks. It was like a month because I had to go back to school for basketball. Yeah. And um, coach was not too thrilled with me. <laughs> the basketball coach? No. The uh, baseball or Steve? Steve was not too thrilled with me. <laughs> I, I, the, my most vivid memory of you on the Cape was going to the YMCA and you 360 dunking. Balling up, we had fun on the Cape. I, I, that was some of the best. That was like one of the best baseball experiences I ever had. Oh my god, it was, it was the best, especially in Harwich. We had such a fun team. Oh, it was a blast. You still stay in touch with any of those kids? Yeah, yeah, a few of them. Actually, one of my uh, the next year, I went back and played for a second year there, and like yep. one of my best friends of all time is uh, was on that team. Who did you live with up there? Um, I lived. Um, with the birches. Oh, yes. Yeah, I had a great they, setup. They were actually awesome. Yeah, shout out, great. shout out Courtney Birch. She was yep. one of my best friends out there. Yeah, she was great. She was that that whole family was great. That was that was fun. I should have stayed for longer. Basketball coach wasn't gonna let me. <laughs> How do you go from a summer a summer on the Cape to then playing minor league baseball? I don't. So the, the when I played minor league baseball for that one year. I actually had it great because I played in Aberdeen and mm-hmm. it was at Calverton Stadium. And I, the host family that I stayed with wasn't taking host like kids anymore. But Mike Yastrzemski, I played with in high school. He okay. like stayed with them. And there was some, his now wife was like friends with, I don't know, there was family friends situation somewhere there. So I got to stay with them. They had a pool. It was just me. Um, they were a great family and I was, again, I was only there for five or six weeks before I left to go back to school for basketball. Did the minor league experience kind of make it pretty easy for you to go back and pursue basketball further (laughs) after Uh, seeing all the travel and how it all goes? Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it made it a little bit easier. Um, I tried to, I tried to look at it both ways. I tried to look at it from the lack of glamour that minor league baseball has, uh, mm-hmm. but more so just from like the nature of the two sports. So for me, if I looked at both sports, if I didn't make it at one of them, which one could I have a better chance of actually going back and playing? So yeah. as bad as it sounds, like which one could have actually been a viable backup compared to the other? And as we all know here, it takes you – two, three, four years to get through minor league baseball before you know if you're going to make it to the bigs or not. 
Yeah, um, I'd say you definitely made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In basketball, you're thrown right in. I mean, I actually never played a game in the G League, but even if you have to play a game in the G League, it's 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 not you're not on a G League roster. You're immediately on the NBA roster. So uh, I kind of looked at it that way and said, look, if I give basketball a shot, especially with like the athleticism and the youth that you probably need in basketball a little bit more than baseball, um, and it doesn't work out, then. I'll suck it up and go back to the minor league baseball route. But if it does work out, then um, I'll uh, I'll wait till I Ian Hap asked me to be on his podcast before I on any way, shape, or form. Um, I have one more question. Uh, when you signed with the Orioles and you got your signing bonus, they didn't try to come and get any of that back, did they? After you decided to go the basketball route. Well, let's not jinx it here. I think. <laughs> um, but no. Um, it was one of those things where, like, I guess now management has changed and stuff. Um, but it was one of those things where, you know, they drafted me with the understanding um, that I was going back to play basketball. Um, so they, they knew there was a chance you'd be done either way. Yeah, I don't think they believed I had a chance to play basketball. If you want my honest opinion. Yeah, like, go ahead, man. See, see where that takes you. hundred <laughs> percent. I'm pretty sure they sent me back to Notre Dame knowing I wanted to finish my degree and finish up college basketball, but thinking that anything after that was a pipe dream for me. Um, And so, I mean, with that, I I fell a little bit in the draft um, and I did play that summer of minor league baseball and they did want to retain my rights for when and if basketball ever did um, not work out. So a mixture of all those things, actually playing minor league baseball that summer, then wanting to keep my rights. I think that's kind of what the signing bonus was chalked up as um, paid for. That had to be nice being back at college with that bonus in your pocket. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was like, <laughs> um, look, we had a good basketball year that year. So uh, either way, I might've been all right, but um, it didn't hurt uh, being able to go out to a few nice dinners uh, with, uh, with some people. So when you, when you go back to ND for that for your senior year, and then you start playing basketball, are you still throwing it all? Or are you like, I'll oh, get a couple bullpens in, keep the arm fresh, do some bands? Uh, yeah, I was actually. So the whole time at Notre Dame, it was interesting because playing two sports there, I was on basketball scholarship. So basketball came first and foremost. But our head coach, Coach Ioki, Mick Ioki, um, mm-hmm. he was a coach of BC before I got there, before yep. – Notre Dame. So when I was in high school, when I was getting recruited, he was at all of my high school games. I developed a great relationship with him. So when he got the job at Notre Dame the year before I actually, like actually the year I committed to Notre Dame, which is part of the reason I did, he had all this in place on how it was going to work out. So whether it was being up early in the morning or staying up late at night, they were always willing to work with me as coaches to get the throwing in that I needed. So I kind of just based off the relationship I had with him and based off them knowing my situation and maybe being a little bit more, uh, having my back a little bit more about the basketball stuff, but still thinking baseball was the route I should go. They helped mm-hmm. me keep my arm for that, for that senior year, uh, you know, just in case I didn't get drafted in basketball. Yeah. Definitely. In college, like basketball wise, what would you say was your favorite and then like your hardest place to play of all the places you played in basketball? So, I'd say my favorite. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if they'll let me back if I don't say playing at home in front of the Notre Dame crowd. <laughs> yeah, how about your favorite away? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. My my favorite away experience was the Big East tournament. Um, 
I was at Madison Square Garden every single year oh, yeah. um, for those first two years that we were in the Big East uh, before it got dismantled. And there was nothing quite like it. Um, you know, you're in New York City. It's at a time of the year where March Madness is rolling around and the amount of like fans and things that are going on around that tournament in NYC at the Mecca at the Madison Square Garden was pretty cool. Um, as far as hardest place, I'll never forget. I only got to play at Cameron Indoor one time. Um, we were in the ACC for two years after the Big East, my junior and senior year. But I only got to play at Cameron once because one year we played them home, one year we played them away. Mm-hmm. And it was it was tough. It that, was, yeah, it was, we, that was my next question. It was going to be, how was that experience playing at Cameron? We, we saw the final score. We looked up. I remember it like it was yesterday, too, because you guys beat them at home. Yep, we beat them at home. That was my senior year. We played them there. We actually beat them yep. two out of three times my senior year. But if you went by total score of all three games, <laughs> yeah, that game that Cameron was. Yeah, they might have had us. <laughs> oh, that was tough. It was actually it, it was cool playing there because I had been in Cameron one time before, and that was my junior year when I was still playing baseball at Notre Dame. We were the we were like the first team out in the ACC tournament. And it just so happened to be like ACC tournament was at the beginning of spring break uh, my junior year. So the baseball team was playing North Carolina State the first weekend and Duke the second weekend. And the baseball team brought all of my baseball gear with them just in case (laughs) in the ACC tournament. So I lost on a Tuesday. A baseball coach drove to pick me up in Greensboro on a Wednesday I was at a team inter-squad scrimmage on Thursday, and I threw like three innings on Saturday uh, to close out the game at Duke. And I was how was that? How was that playing both at the same time? Like, how did you keep your arm kind of in shape to be able to throw with basketball going on all the time? Um, it was just about managing my time. I mean, the benefit was our strength coach at Notre Dame. Uh, the basketball strength coach was besides football because football is its own little entity there. Um, yeah. Besides basketball, besides our basketball coach was the head strength coach of everybody else. So he had experience in baseball from years past. I think he actually worked for the Pirates for a little bit. So mm-hmm. a lot of the lifts that I did for my first three years at Notre Dame um, incorporated some sort of band work or wasn't bench heavy because of shoulder stability. And he had me stay. I would stay extra after the lift was finished for the team. And he put me through some different stuff to keep my arm in shape, keep the flexibility there. Um, and then overall, like the best story I tell is my freshman year um, at Notre Dame, we played Marquette on a Saturday, one of those like CBS Saturday showcase mm-hmm. game, whatever. Yeah. It was at like 4 p.m. Um, we played Marquette with like Jay Crowder, DJO, Vander Blue, a bunch of good guys. Oh, and yeah. kind of like one of the coming out parties in my freshman year, I had like 24 points and like, 10 rebounds or something. And after that game, I'll never forget, I the game was over by like 6, 6.30. Uh, they had some food for us in the locker room. And by like 8.30, I was over at the indoor facility uh, on the baseball side of things throwing a bullpen because that was when we had scheduled me to throw the bullpen earlier in the week. Um, so it was just a bunch of like stuff like that where it's like my buddies are going out. I had to take an hour before I went out with them to get my work in on the baseball side of things. And it wasn't a bad thing because, I mean, I love it, obviously. I love both sports, so it didn't feel like I was taking time away from anything. But it was kind of funny when people hear that story. They're always like, wow, so you went from playing a national television game to throwing a bullpen 
to fake batters in the indoor facility. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So what you're saying is playing two sports and all the extra work academics was definitely in the backseat. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, let's 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 be honest. Notre Dame was stayed on top of me as far as academics. That was one of their major concerns when I was telling them I wanted to play two sports. There, they were like, you know, this school has like a little bit of an ac- academic prestige to it too, right? Uh, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, and there was definitely some times throughout the week where I just like went to study hall and I just like banged out as much work as I could. Uh, but for the most part, I was I was locked in on two sports, and I had to, uh, you know, work with the teachers a little extra to make sure yeah. that they were not giving me a hard time for all the classes I missed legitimately because of two sports. That's where the tutors come in and help you out quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's where tutors, TAs, they they want to make sure you succeed. Yeah, the, it seems like the off field stuff has been really great for you though, and especially with this time down. Just looking through your Instagram and stuff, it seems like you're really finding other pathways outside of the sport, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the main reasons I chose Notre Dame. Obviously, with Coach Ioki, Coach Bray, um, the history of Notre Dame athletes, Jeff Samarja playing two sports, Golden Tate, um, that played a big role. But they were also so great about, I mean, kind of talking to me about the, it's going to be a, it's a four-year decision because you're here for potentially four years but it'll have an effect on you for 40 years of your life. And when I signed up for it, I didn't really think much about it. Um, but the alumni that come from there, obviously playing a sport, their health because they're avid sports fans, especially Notre Dame based, completely biased, but they're <laughs> I think Notre Dame's the best thing ever. So um, learning from them on other stuff and seeing it after I've graduated, how, yeah, I do have a passion for real estate because my dad was involved in it when I was a kid being a general contractor and just going to the undergrad business school at Notre Dame. I wanted to find out ways to, uh, you know, if I was fortunate to be a pro athlete, how does my money make more money for a longer period of time? You know, I was never I was never destined to be a professional athlete, so I never knew how long it was going to last. And I still don't know how long it's going to last, but I wanted to make sure that at, once I got in, I was doing uh, smart things with my money, and Notre Dame really helped me with that. And obviously, my dad, being a real estate guy, helped me with that because that's where I wanted to kind of go. And um, you know, it's it's been fun process doing it myself. Uh, it's been an even more fun process over the last few years, uh, in which a lot of my teammates and, and other guys throughout the NBA have gotten involved in some of the real estate projects that I'm doing, so that um, they also have you know avenues of income when the sports or careers are over because. Obviously, that thirty for thirty broke didn't make the uh, professional athletes look too too bright. If you <laughs> my uh, my brother's a Notre Dame MBA, and just being in the Midwest, like in Chicago, Milwaukee, the network is incredible. It's it's oh, crazy yeah. how many ND alums you see in the city. Yes, it's 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 nuts. I mean, Chicago is probably Chicago, and New York are the two probably hotbeds for it, but Chicago more so because it's close enough to school. Um, but it's, it's insanity. I mean, it's literally, I mean, and I say this in a positive way, it's like a cult following. Like when you have, uh, a Notre Dame or you went to Notre Dame or, you know, somebody that went to Notre Dame, the amount of alums that just kind of pop up all over the place, whether they're in charge of fortune 500 companies or they're this random person that like owns a small little thing, all of a sudden you realize how tight knit the group can be, even though their breach is so broad. I got to ask you about the All-Star game in Chicago this year, the dunk contest. Like, I was so upset that it was our first week of spring training, 
and I didn't go back for it. But I know I know Yelich made it back, but I was so pissed that I didn't make it back to Chicago because it looked like an incredible weekend. Well, look, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Ian. I pretty sure I may have tweeted at you once or twice as you had to get some success with the Cubs, and I don't think I got a response. No, just know this. If you had reached out and you wanted to come to the dunk contest, I would have replied and I would have gotten you in sitting right next to Yelly if you wanted to. Oh, my God. Hey, hey, I would have been way easier to jump over than Yelich. You could have gone like me first, then Yelich, then Giannis. <laughs> would have been a nice little step up for you. That's true. I would have had to make it to the third round to do that, though. And apparently, Dwayne Wade had other expectations. <laughs> How do you think a dunk contest would go one-on-one, you versus Giannis? Ooh, that's interesting. So, I think I think it would you would have to get some unbiased judges because – Giannis is a little bit more of a folk hero around here than I am. <laughs> we'll be your judges. Us four will be your guys' judges. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and then it's interesting because the things that he does, the things that he's able to do on the basketball court are unlike anybody I've ever seen uh, in general, not just up close and in person. But in a dunk contest, he's done a dunk contest before and he gave me some advice before he was like, make sure you make your dunks and make sure you practice a little bit. It's not as easy as it seems. And, uh, I think watching a six eleven guy who dunks everything in games may be a little less impressive than watching a six, five baseball looking political <laughs> guy jump around and try to try to do the dunk. So, uh, while his dunks may be a little more ferocious, I think mine might be a little bit, might take got people a little back, back a little bit more. When you're going through the dunk contest, like, do you kind of like save a dunk for the later rounds, or do you kind of put everything out there in the first round? So I tried to do a mixture of both. I knew it, it's pointless to save dunks um, if you don't move on. Don't at make, all. Correct. If you don't make it, um, but I did have some things in my back pocket. I had a little more baseball incorporation that were going to come out if I did make it to the next few rounds. Um, Do you want to let us in on those? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just say there was gonna there was going to be um, some catching. There was gonna be some dual things going on while I was in the air uh, before I dunked the basketball. Um, Saving it, save it for the next time. Yeah, save it for next year. That's what I'm saying. If I get the opportunity to go back and potentially. Um, compete again i want to make sure i have some criteria for that but uh i wanted to make sure like i kind of looked at it doing two things at once in the air i think would have been awesome but as far as appeal to the judges appeal to the crowd and stuff they do all those dunks in slow motion it's tougher to get as high in the air when you're trying to do two things at once so um i wanted to make sure that the first two dunks i did um incorporated baseball somehow um obviously with yelly and then um, incorporated, you know, something that looked a little bit harder to do that was had a little bit of a twist to it that people weren't expecting. And jumping over Giannis and tapping the glass, I think, did that. Yeah, yeah we, we love that one. We were watching all the highlights last night. All right, let me let me set a scene for you right here. You're in Arizona. You're on a tennis court with a hoop. It's 90 degrees, slight wind right to left. The ball's a little inflated for being in the heat all day. The rim's a little bent down. How many free throws do you make out of 100? Ooh, right to left wind? What are we yeah, talking about? Slight, very well? slight, but it's there. It's a nice breeze. <laughs> I, a nice just, breeze. Somewhere around somewhere around five to seven miles an hour. <laughs> All right, five to seven miles an hour. Uh, regulation, free throw line, I'm assuming. Regulation, yeah, yeah. 
height of the rim besides the slant. Yeah, yeah the yeah. slant of the a, rim. It's a little forgiving. Bit. It's a little forgiving. Where's, let's bring it back to the uh, Brewers Miller Park here. Where are the shadows? Where's the sun? What are we looking at? Sun's behind you. No, no, no sun. like three o'clock, so it was pretty high up there. Yeah, the sun's right above head. You're fine. Not in your peripherals. Ninety degrees on the tennis court feels like ninety-five. True. <laughs> are are you guys there trying to have conversation with me? So I'm not locked in. No, you're no. Lo- you're locked in, and you have a rebounder. Oh, perfect. Ninety-five. Ninety-five. Ooh. Wow. Shorty Shorty did it yesterday. Zach hit eighty-nine out of a hundred yesterday. Yeah, we were pretty impressed with that. Oh, that's impressive. 80, yeah. 89 is no joke. He was, he was locked in. Do you have a record out of a hundred that you've done in your life? Um, my record on regulation it, inside of a hoop uh, was 93. Oh, I've tried to beat it a few times, and every single time I get like – it's the 70 to 80 range that gets me <laughs> like – I don't know if it's mentally bored or whatever because I, I, I miss like two or three in that 70 to 80 range. And once I miss three in that 70 to 80 range, you only have – I don't know, four or five to play with for the other 90 shots. So going back to the baseball, basketball conversation, you know, I grew up playing basketball pretty competitively. And to this day, I will still say that, you know, the intensity of basketball is just unmatched, especially, you know, especially in baseball until, you know, you get to the postseason. Did you kind of, you feel that same way? I mean, obviously playing in the NBA is a little bit different, but. Yeah, definitely. Um, They're different um, intensities in my opinion. I think, what I've noticed, and I actually say this, the things that I experienced in baseball actually helped me in basketball and vice versa. Um, That's right. I was going to say definitely the vice versa. Like, you know, that how personal it gets when you're playing one-on-one or you're playing a close game and how much shit talking is going on. I feel like mentally, too, baseball prepares you for basketball because baseball is so much of a slower game. You have a lot more mental time. 100%. And not, and not just that, but like being a pitcher. Like, I'm on an island. I mean – my junior my junior year of college we played Clemson um it was the first ACC game that was held at like our new field at Notre Dame they were redoing the turf and everything and Nasty. uh we won the game 2 to 1 uh i went 8 innings gave up one run but there were Weird. two innings back to back where i walked the bases loaded in a row oh, Dakota knows something about that <laughs> Dakota I've, I've done that once or twice in my life <laughs> Yeah, I had over the course of the whole game, I ended up with nine walks. But <laughs> how many pitches? Your coach was riding or dying with you. Oh, uh, yeah, my coach was not happy with me. That was actually one of the first and only times Coach Aoki like lost it on me in the dugout because he kept getting a guy up to warm up and then I'd get out of the jam and then he'd get a guy up the next thing to warm up, I'd get out of the jam and he was he was not happy. But anyway, uh, the reason I said that is because like in basketball, I remember this year, like I actually thought back to that exact moment because when you walk the bases loaded, I mean, it's only you. Like you got to figure out your way to get the hell out of that, um, obviously yeah. with the help of your teammates behind. But as far as the pitches go and when you're walking guys, like you got to throw a freaking strike. Um, and that mental like toll that kind of weighs on you because of how slow it is and how much you have time you have to think about it. Uh, this year we're playing the Utah Jazz and we're up by two with like, 14 seconds left or maybe it was 20 seconds left uh and I got fouled and I was at the free throw line and I mean those are two free throws that you got to make in order to seal a game um and or to prevent giving them an opportunity to tie it or even win it and 
that preparation or that honestly probably terrible experience from baseball <laughs> carried over to basketball where you know you're at the free throw line you're by yourself most guys in the nba have never been in a situation where they're completely alone like you are on the mound from time to time so uh, i'd say it kind of carried over there and that mental toughness that you need in baseball i mean not just as a pitcher as a batter you're going through slumps like you only get up three times a game basketball i mean a lot of these guys get 10 12 14 shots a game you know you don't need to be as perfect as you need to in baseball right and that's sure. you know it's kind of the same thing being an infielder you know from that time that the balls hit off the bat to you you you're kind of on an island too until you field it and throw it and you kind of pass it off to the next guy and it's the same thing you know you're at the free throw line it is it it's your island you know you have to figure out a way to get off of it and just go from there 100% and it's like like you said the intensity i mean in baseball one that Notre Dame experience I mean, there was 175 people there. It wasn't that crazy, obviously. There was no right. <laughs> Pretty sure I had like gloves on in the dugout in between innings. But um, yeah. in basketball, there's 18,000 people there, and if it's not your home crowd, they're tre- screaming, yelling, throwing things up behind the backboard, um, <laughs> banging sticks together, like whatever they can do. So, how do you block that out? And in baseball, it's almost the opposite. Like. You have so much time, and there's not that much noise unless you're in the playoffs usually. And right. you can think, you can overthink about it. So it's, it's right. You're, fight, you're fighting yourself, that. opposed to you know fighting the Cameron Crazies or whoever. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Cameron Crazies actually, uh, they brought Skittles on the game we played, and I had a few Skittles. I took a few from the game. <laughs> so sick. <laughs> the game. That might be why we lost. <laughs> that might have played a factor. That's awesome. Yeah, I might have thrown something in that. Although Marshawn Lynch would say otherwise, right? Yeah, true. Great point. <laughs> Next guest, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Pat Connaughton. Pat, thank you for coming on. Uh, I cannot wait to be a part of your next dunk contest. I am going to be the first person you jump over. If 100%. you tweet back at him. It just really depends if you're going to big league him again or not. I would never do that. Never have. I honestly no. do I honestly do not know if that ever happened. I will, I will argue that I one. I don't think he made that one up. Do you? Until I die. I don't. Do you guys think he did? I don't think so. I'm going to say that probably happened. Zach has our one fan question uh, for the next. We're going to hit the fan question before we let you know our screen times. Oof. This is from Nora Crockett via Instagram. Welcome, Nora. Welcome. Hey, Zach. Big fan of the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Quick fan question for the compound. What's the weirdest superstition you've seen and or had throughout your career? So I don't really have too many personal superstitions. I just go left before I put anything on, you know, left shoe, left batting glove before I do everything. Um, what I've seen, though, um, we had a player scuffling pretty bad one year, um, and he went to the extreme. He would get – getting ready for the game, we'd all put the music on, chant pretty loud, and he would put Kill a, the lights was playing. Yep, kill the lights. Um, he would have a cup of coffee, hot coffee, piping hot, piping hot, pipe smoking, steam yeah, steam, all that. This is none of us four, by the way. No. And he would put a body part in there that you wouldn't want in your coffee. And let's say that he was completely naked except for his socks. Yeah, that's true. Yep. That's awesome. And, you know, you'd put in there, drink it, and we'd all go nuts. And it was Great for team camaraderie. That was a good team. The, too. the boys yeah. were fired very, up and ready to play after very, that. I'll tell you that very much. good team. Did that team win a championship? 
Now we lost. Now we lost. It was hurricane-stricken, shortened postseason. Yeah, so you know our minds weren't there. No excuses, but anybody else? I don't really have any. I wouldn't even call them superstitions. It's more like routines. Like I just kind of do the same things over and over. If it's working, like you, I put I put my left cleat on before my right cleat. Uh, when I'm warming up in the bullpen, I take one sip of water before I start, one sip after I throw all my pitches. I mean, it's really – I don't really have anything crazy. You, you used to wear long sleeves. I used to wear long sleeves um, because I thought that was the power to my success, and then it wasn't. So <laughs> you, Yeah, you went now I'm short. Now I'm a now. short sleeve and pants up guy. My superstitions are more based on performance. If I'm doing bad, I switch something up. I've thrown gloves away. Um, I try many different things to try to get out. Yeah, I don't know if I have any like consistent superstitions, but my one uh, go-to if I'm really scuffling is I go full uniform, cleats, the whole deal in the shower. Uh, I've seen that. Wash all the stink off, um, throw the cleats away, and move on. But that's my uh, that's my one huge slump. Hat on to go to. Uh, no, I don't. I don't wear the hat. Oh, that's fair. That's that's team getting yeah, gear, yeah, and you don't yeah. want to disrespect them. No, no, no. The, the uniform can be washed. The hat that you're, if, if you take a shower in it, you're throwing it away. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, last year we had a, another unnamed player who, after a bad outing, glove in the trash, full uniform into the shower <laughs> during the game. right? Yes, during the game, straight um, in, wow. straight in, and so from, from 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 the, the field, mound, from the, to mound. the locker room yeah. to the shower, yeah, so the mud glove trash, the yeah, shower. mud all over the place. So the uniform in the shower can both be a, a preparation or a decompression tool, yes. depending on how yeah. you want it. <laughs> um, those are some good ones. Let's hit the screen time before we let the people go. This is almost one of my worst this parts is of the day. Worst, too, just how much I was on my phone today. Looking up draft stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first here because I think my number is gonna be uh, just pretty normal. Is four hours and six minutes. I this is my worst day ever. I had five hours eleven minutes. It was because of the draft. I'm following along on Twitter, yep. looking up trade info, looking up who's gonna take who. Five eleven. That's it's my worst. That's ever. by far your high. It's it's a tough one. Nico, this might be comp. Four seventeen. Ooh, mine below today is six seventeen. Oh, oh man. man. God. Hey, I also had an hour car in the car today. Yeah, I'm sure. He was DJ. DJ. Yeah. DJ could put on just, his shuffle. Yeah, DJ just staring at his phone two inches from his face. You're setting up the next song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe you. That's huge. Sure. That's, yeah, I take pride in that. Uh, yeah. So we're going to need everyone to Dakota. Subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, break your fingers, switch fingers, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. We hit 33, I think was our high or our low, I guess, on the – uh, sports 33. Yeah. Sports oh. podcast ratings Sheesh. on Apple podcasts. So thank you to all the fans. Keep rating, keep listening, like subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, all of it. Thank you very much. That's episode eight of the compound podcast coming to you live from. Oh, Go Jets. Yeah.